Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church plant located in the beautiful city of Frisco, Texas. We pray that the following message will bless your life and help you to a dynamic and powerful walk with Christ. If you have any questions about our church and about who we are, please feel free to visit our website, citychurchfrisco.org, or feel free to email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. Thanks for listening. Glory to God. We are starting a new message series today. We're calling it Broken. Broken. Brokenness and pain. I think we've all experienced that at one time or another. We have felt broken in our lives through different circumstances, through different um, occurrences in our lives. We felt pain from either... Uh, maybe somebody that we love, that we trusted, just uh, we feel betrayed by them. We feel maybe that um, they did something that, that we were not expecting, and we feel broken inside. But the, uh, the, the, the psalm, Psalms 34, verse 18 through 19, what the Bible says is that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So the good news, church, the good news is that you, if you feel brokenhearted, if you feel crushed, the good news is that the Lord is near to you today. God is with you today. And see, it says that many are the, are the afflictions of the righteous out of them all. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. As human beings, as people, we are, we are very fragile and the Bible describes us like, like if we're jars of clay. Uh, well, the Bible does say that you and I were formed from dust and that when we die, we go back to dust. And, and, and that causes a fragility in us. It causes something within us that, uh, that makes us to be broken every once in a while. It's just a part of our nature. But the Bible, the promises we have in the Bible are that even though we are fragile, we do not have to remain broken. We are never beyond God's healing. We are never beyond God's redeeming power. And see, church, here's the beautiful thing, that not only does God heal us, not only does God put us back together, but he uses us despite our brokenness, despite our imperfections. God wants to continue using us. He has purpose for you, City Church. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. This treasure is the gospel. This treasure is the truth of Jesus Christ. This treasure is the love of Jesus in our life. And it's within these jars of clay. We have it in us to show that his all-surpassing power is from God. And it's not from us. Our great treasure, the gospel of Jesus, the power of Jesus to save, that great treasure shines. It's at its best through our brokenness. One of my favorite times um, at home, but at the same time, one of my least favorite times at home is when, we, when my wife uh, cooks a great dinner 
And it's just us five, and, and my wife is cooking up a storm in the kitchen, and, and she's making something delicious, something awesome. And, and it's one of our, all of our favorite time. And the kids are excited. We're all excited because we're going to sit at the table. We're going to eat. And the thing, though, with cooking, the reason that it's not necessarily our favorite time at the same time is because after we're done eating comes the cleanup. And and sometimes when we're cooking, when we're having dinner as a family, we make a mess in the kitchen. And see, when when it's time to clean up, yes, we know it might take about 20 minutes, 30 minutes uh, to clean up. And it's it's work. it's, It's a chore for us. But what happens when you and I make a mess, not in the kitchen, but when we make a mess in our own lives? See, it's one thing to clean up a mess in the kitchen. But it's another when we feel like we've made a mess in our lives, that we made decisions that weren't right. We, we should have been wiser. We should have been smarter. We should have known better. If only my parents had prepared me for being an adult. If only and we start blaming left and right. We blame uh, the government. We blame the teachers. We blame everyone that we can blame because there is a mess in our kitchen and we don't know how to clean it up. And if you've ever found yourself at rock bottom, if you've ever found yourself where you just don't know where to get started, the question becomes, do I continue down the same path? Or is there a better way? And I want to submit to you today, church, that we can look for a better way, and that better way, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And today we're going to be talking from the subject, a clean slate. Because a clean slate means that although you and I, although we fell, Jesus never fails. That's a biblical truth that you and I can depend on. That's a biblical truth that you and I can stand firm on that no matter how far that you and I think we've gone from God, no matter how far we think we're removed from his presence, God will never fail us. Jesus is there. And his word tells us, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But see, that's where the question comes in. Well, if we find ourselves at rock bottom, if we find ourselves in a, in a tough spot, what do we do? Do we just continue down the same path? Or do we look for that better way? And I think that if we're going to find the clean slate in our lives, we need to find out first, why is it that we fail at times? Have you ever been sitting in your misery and your self-pity and your, why did I do this again? It's the same thing over and over. I promise I went to camp. I went to, to, to this retreat. I went and I talked to the pastor. I made all these promises to my wife. I made these promises to my husband. And I made these promises. But yet here again I find myself in the same hole. I find myself in the same place. In the same predicament. So the question becomes, why do we fail? Why do we continue to fall? One of the reasons I believe that we fail is because we, we fail because we don't plan. Praise the Lord. 
Now, I know that some of you here are, are a little OCD and you're planners and you, you write out your life. You know what you're going to be doing next Friday. You know exactly what you're going to be doing two months from now, three months from now. And you, you're, you're OCD this way. But, but we, at times, though, we may do that. We fail to plan for our spiritual lives. And we fail to plan and to count the cost. See, Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says, Suppose... One of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. And we fail because we get excited. We fell because we jumped right into it head first without really planning, okay, this is what needs to happen in my life. These are some of the relationships I need to begin to weed out of my life. These are some of the addictions that I need to get help with. These are some of the items in my heart that need to be addressed, and I need help, and we don't plan. And we fell because we don't plan. We don't sit down and we don't come before God and we count the costs and say, Lord, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be one year from now, two years from now, three years from now. If you have a 10-year plan, great. But include God in it. Bring God to the planning meeting. You need to bring God to the planning meeting. Another reason we fell is because we fell when we think that we've arrived. Hmm. We fail when we think that we've arrived. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Church, when we think that we have it all together, that's when we fail. When you and I think that, oh, I got this, no problem. I, I know that I used to struggle with that, but I'm going to put myself in that situation anyways because I'm strong now. I can handle it now. And this pride comes up within us. And we fell because we think we've done it. We've got it. We've got it perfected. We've we figured it out in our lives. We can't be proud in our spiritual walk, church. In Luke chapter 14, uh, Jesus tells a story of that when you, or, or gives us the instruction that when you and I go to a party, that when you and I get to the party, we should not automatically go sit down in the place of honor. Because if we go and sit down in the place of honor that we think that we deserve, we think we should sit there, what is going to happen is that the, the one that is having and throwing that party is going to come and say, I'm sorry, sir, but I need you to move out of this table because this table was reserved for this person. And everyone at the party is going to see that you're being moved. Jesus said, no, be humble of spirit. You get to the party, you sit in the back. For it is better for someone to go get you. Say, no, no, hey, come here. I got a place for you over here than for you to be removed because you think you've arrived. Come on, church. This, this is something that's been uh, at work in my life, and, and I ask God, Lord, please, Lord, do not allow me to become proud. And whatever pride there is in my heart, break it from me. And it's a hard prayer to say because we have to come to a point where we pray and say, Lord, humble me. Humble me. It's a scary prayer. 
But I need to be humbled. I need to understand that every day that I wake up, there is more to be done. There is more work that I need to do on my heart. There's more uh, self-discipline that I need to exercise in my life. We fail when we, when we don't take risks. Proverbs 29, 25 says that fearing people is a dangerous thing or a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Church, we cannot worry about what others may think. I go to church now. My church is maybe at 3 o'clock is a very inconvenient time for, for, for some of you. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care if they're inviting me to this dinner party. I don't care if, if this is happening with my friend. I don't care what's going on because I have a commitment with my God. We want everything at our convenience. We want everything to, to be brought to us. But we need to take risk and we not... We don't need to be scared about what others may say or think about you and I. We cannot worry. No risks, listen to this, no risks equals to no faith. If you and I don't take risk in our lives, that's a demonstration of a lack of faith within us. Because if you have faith, You are going to walk into those deep waters. You're going to wade into those deep waters and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen here. I've committed myself. I said I'll open my house. I'll teach a class. Lord, I said that I'm going to go pray for a high school. I said, Lord, that I'm going to be a part of this ministry. I said, Lord, that I'm going to do no matter what it takes, I'm going to do it. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm taking a risk. It It takes faith to take risks takes faith. We fail because we don't take risks. We also fail because we give up too soon. I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but you begin something and you don't finish it. You don't need to elbow your neighbor, your wife, or your husband. We give up. The road becomes too hard. The outcome, we can't see the outcome. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, not at your time, the right time, the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But the key is you can't give up doesn't matter how rebellious our kids may be. We can't stop praying for them. We can't stop disciplining them. We can't stop reading the word of God to them. We need to continue. We cannot give up. It doesn't matter what battles you may be going through. We cannot give up. If you failed and if you fell into that same trap again, you need to, get your, you need to pick yourself up and say, here I go again. Here I go again. Don't give up, church. Keep fighting. Keep walking. We fell because we're not attentive to God. We we fell because we are not attentive to God. See, Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end 
is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends, but its end is the way to death. See, the question becomes, who are we listening to? We see down the road and we think it looks right. It sounds like it's going to be a good opportunity. It, 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 it sounds really good. Man, that job sounds really promising. That, 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 that deal, that business deal that you want to make, it sounds like it can be a good deal. But, but have we brought it before God and have we paid attention to what he's saying? Have we been attentive to him? Because maybe God is prompting you and, and you feel like maybe, no, the, the, something just feels a little bit off, but it looks so good. It looks so good. And we don't pay attention to God. So there's many reasons for why we fell, and these are some of the reasons that I, that I thought that I could bring to you, to, to bring to your heart. So the question is uh, that... That why do we fail? See, these are some of the reasons. And I said that although we may fail, Jesus does not fail. And I said that God offers us a clean slate. So now the question is, Pastor, well, okay, I understand there's things in my life that I haven't done correctly. There's things in my life that I've struggled with. But you said there's a clean slate. And I've heard about why we fail, but how do I get to that clean slate? So you need to pay attention, church, because I believe this is true. I believe this with all my heart. The way that you and I can get a clean slate, and this is not just for, for people that haven't given their lives to God. This is for all of us that have been in church for a while. Because we fell also. We fall into the same traps. And we have to find a way to find a fresh start, a new start. We can have a do-over in our lives and clean up the mess. And the first thing that you and I have to do is that we have to accept responsibility. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So this is really simple, church. If you made a mistake, own it. Be honest with yourself. See, since the beginning, it's been easy to blame. Uh, we can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. God gave them this beautiful, beautiful garden to manage, this beautiful uh, 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 um, responsibility of naming animals and, and being the first people in, in, in this world. And the first time they make a mistake... God addresses Adam and says, what have you done? And the first thing Adam says is, the woman you gave me made me do it. And sometimes that's the approach that we take. We blame everybody from, from society, culture, to the devil. We get mad at God because we find ourselves in the same place. But if you and I make a mistake and we want to receive a clean slate in our life, we need to own our failures. See, church, you're not perfect. Sorry to break it to you. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not perfect. You can ask my wife. Don't ask her, please. 
I'm not perfect. None of us sitting here are perfect. But the truth that we can find in the Bible is that we achieve our perfection through our imperfections. Because Paul said that even though I am weak, I will boast in my weakness. Because through my weakness, God's power is made strong in my life. It's through God's power that our weakness can shine a light for others. That even though I'm broken, even though I'm not sure how to clean up the mess in my life, I can stand up here and I can preach the gospel of Jesus and say that there is salvation available to you. There is salvation for your family. There is salvation for your generations coming behind you. Even though I'm not perfect. And though we are not a perfect church, far from it. We have those opportunities where we come together, we worship our God. And I don't know about you, but when you and I raise our hands, or when I raise my hands here, I still feel God's presence in my life, in my heart, through my imperfections, through my doubts, through my lack of strength. God is with me, and church, God is with you. You and I can go walk around those high schools with all the confidence in the world, no matter the imperfections, and we can proclaim the blood of Jesus over those students. Quit blaming everyone else for your failures. Accept responsibility. How do we get a clean slate? We got to stop regretting and we got to start repenting. If you and I are going to have a clean slate in our lives, it's time to stop looking back and feeling bad about what we've done. Time to stop looking back and feeling like, oh, man, I messed. It's time to stop having pity parties, and it's time for you and I to start repenting in our lives. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. There's two kinds of sorrow, sorrow here mentioned. Godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. What's the difference? Well, godly sorrow, sorrow brings a change of heart. It motivates you to be different. It motivates you to stand up, to stop just sitting down on your seat. It motivates you to take an action. You say, by the grace of God, I'm going to change it. might take a day. It might take two days. It might take five years. It might take the rest of my life. But I refuse to continue living in regret. I repent. Repentance means that there's a, there's a, there's a shift in our mindset. That we truly look at those mistakes. We look at those failures and we realize, you know what? I can't live like that anymore. But regret is just feeling sorry for yourself. And you feel bad for what you did for about a moment, for a minute, and then next thing you know, you're right there again. And worldly sorrow, when you and I just continue regretting things, is very demoralizing and very depressing. It causes death. It causes you and I to say, oh, I'm a failure. I can never be used by God again. I, I'm worthless. One of the most devastating emotions that you and I can have is self-pity. No, church, you're the bride of Jesus. There's no reason for you to feel sorry for, for yourself. 
The Bible says you're children of God. Those of us who have believed and put our trust in Jesus, those of us that have been washed by his blood through baptism, those of us that have repented from our sins, it's time for you and I to stop feeling sorry for ourselves, and it's time for us to stand up and do something. And even if only two or three people say amen, that's the truth. We need to stand up. We need to do something. How do we get a clean slate? We accept responsibility. We stop regretting and we start repenting. We forget the past and we focus on what's ahead. See, regret, that's what regret is. We keep looking at the past and we think, man, I should have done that differently. That could have, I maybe could have handled that situation a lot different. Maybe things would have been different. Who knows? Maybe not, but maybe I could have done, maybe I could have said a different word. Maybe, maybe I could have shown up on time. Maybe I could have followed through with what that was, that was expected of me. Maybe I could have loved a little bit better. Maybe I could have tried. Maybe I could have served. There's a lot of maybes when you and I look back. See, but Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain forward toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And, and as I read this, like, I like to imagine things. And, and as I read this, I, I feel like he's saying, you know what? I, I, I don't look back, but I'm looking forward. But even though I'm looking forward, I got to strain. I got to press. And it's hard. It's not easy. And church, I've never sat up here. I've never stood up here and said that it's going to be an easy road. Never have I said that. But what I have said is that Jesus will walk with us every step of the way, no matter the strain, no matter how hard Jesus' name, no matter how long it takes, we will go forward in Jesus' name. Paul is saying, don't let your defeats defeat you. See, a lot of Christians, sometimes we we make the mistake of, of, instead of counting our victories, we count our defeats. We talk with our brothers and sisters and we, we, we like to, to dwell on our misery. We like to dwell on those things that have been difficult in our lives. And we ask somebody, hey, how you doing? Oh, brother, I don't know. I think God's been silent in my life. He's just not answering. He, he, I've been praying and the devil's got me on the run. And, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Rent is due next month and it's, and it's, really, it's been really tight. I, I, I've been needing a new job and there's no offers. I need to move closer to where God has called me. And it doesn't seem like doors are opening. God is silent. But what about when we, if somebody were to ask us and we, instead of looking at all those negative things that we see, we start saying, you know what, brother? God is good no matter what is in my bank account. No matter who has called me or not. Thank you for asking because now I have an opportunity to praise my God, to worship my Jesus, and to tell you that he has done mighty things in my life. He has done great things in my life. And some of us here today, we're allowing our past to control us. And that's a mistake. 
We're allowing our past to continue to guide our steps. And God says, no. I want to give you a clean slate. Don't, don't even worry about that. Forget about that. Repent. Turn towards me. Draw to me and I will draw near. Take that step, child. The last thing we have to do if we're going to get that clean slate is we've got to trust God. That even though today I'm praising God, raising my hands, and there's not a single dime in the bank, I'm trusting God that God is going to provide somehow. That even though I'm not sure where God is taking us and I'm not sure what God is asking me to do and I feel like he is silent, but it's okay. I came and did my part. I came and had a good time in the Lord. I came and I, I saw my brothers and my sisters smile. I saw the, I received a word from God. I feel encouraged and I will continue moving forward because my trust is not in myself, but my trust is in God. Because the reality is, church, that you and I continuously fail ourselves. We fail ourselves. But like I said, although we fell, Jesus never fails. Although we fell, Jesus is strong. Even though we may be weak, God picks us up in his strength and says, child, I got you. You don't have to walk through this alone. You don't have to walk through this by yourself. I'm going to ask you to stand today. See, there's some of us here today that God has been asking us to take that next step. We feel broken. We feel pain in our lives. We're not sure what direction to take. But we felt God's prompting where God is telling us, son, daughter, take the next step in your walk with me. I've got so much to give you. For some of you, it may just say, you know what, Lord, I, I'm all in. I'm, I'm here. I, 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 I commit myself to you. I receive you as my Savior. For some of us, the next step may be that we've already, uh, we've already bought into to, to believing in Jesus, but it's time for us to take that next step of baptism. And say, Lord, I, I want to proclaim to the world. I want to be washed brand new. And I want to be made new. And I want to be baptized so that everyone knows. And that I can know that I have made a commitment to you. For some of us, it's time for us to, to open our hearts up. And allow uh, God to work in those addictions that we have. It's time to let out that secret. And say, you know, I need help. I've tried for years and years to do it on my own. I've tried to let go of that. I've tried to, 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 to do things my way, but it's not working. And I truly need help. For others of us, it's time to work on our relationships. Our marriages are hurting our marriages are broken. And God is saying, you need to address this. You need to address this. 
You can't continue going down the same road. I've got so much for you and your wife. I've got so much for you and your husband. But it's time that you got help. Come on, church. It's time for a clean slate in our lives. 